Welcome to the podcast of FirstMen.Church, your on-demand worship community, ready for you whenever and wherever you are. If you'd like to tune in to the full worship experience, you can go to our website, FirstMen.Church. And now, here's a message from our pastor, Ethan Lumen. Well, if you weren't aware, the Milwaukee Bucks have had quite the year in basketball, and we people from Wisconsin... We really like our sports teams, especially when they're doing well. And, and my wife was looking to get my son a Giannis jersey to really celebrate and get into the, the season of, of everything. And, and as she's looking, uh, she's like, what is going on? These, the jersey is $90 for this uh, jersey for a 10-year-old. And, and uh, it's like, wow. Who's gonna pay $90 for a jersey, a basketball jersey? That's gonna fit him for like a year or two. Uh, but don't worry, there was one jersey for an 18 month old, it was like only 45. So if you're still looking for one, there's a couple out there. <laughs> Why are these things so pricey? Jerseys. Well, jerseys represent something, don't, don't they? They're, they're something we can put on to look like our idols, the superstars, to look like the best. We all admire and respect and look up to other people. And sports is one of those avenues that, that uh, helps us see exactly how driven to worship we are. When you might be saying worship is kind of a weird word to use in relationship to our, our sports heroes. But I think it's the right word. I think it's the word that we should be using. Because to worship is to admire and, and respect and look up to and honor above other things. Back in uh, the time of the ancient Greeks, they worshiped these godlike humans, right? And, and cultures throughout the world have, have looked up to and admired and lifted up those people who kind of stand head and shoulders above the rest. All humans are designed to worship. And I think that's because we know at our core that we could be more, that we know we could be more. And I think most marketing experts, <laughs> they're very attuned to this. They know that you could be more and that you want to be more. So they know exactly how to tell you what you need to hear so that their product is exactly what you need to get to that next place. Worship is first and foremost uh, the uplifting and admiring of something bigger than us. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's an idea, maybe it's a way of life, maybe it's stuff. But we know this, that we are not sufficient in ourselves and there are things that can help us get there. So think about all the things that we can uplift and, and, and praise, all those things that we might be able to bow down before, the inventions, uh, the, the technological revolution, science, uh, the pursuit of, of knowledge or, or money and wealth, all the things that we can fill our house with, uh, pleasure and passions, uh, sex, mind-altering substances, all those things that um, enhance us, maybe even just momentarily, right? Uh, pursuit of power or, or prestige, a better name, a better reputation, Maybe it's other people, or maybe it's beauty, or maybe it's feeling or being important. Just think of all the ways we could want to be better. We could want to be more, and, and we worship what we value. We worship what we value. If you want to know what you're worshiping, ask yourself, what do I value? What are those things in my life that I'm 
upholding? What are those things that I spend my time thinking about or worrying about or stressing about or, or wondering if others are looking at me and thinking those things? We worship what we value. Psalm 115, which we read a little earlier, it starts with this verse, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. And I think that word glory is at the heart of worship because glory in the Hebrew means uh, heaviness or, or weightiness. It means something that is um, imbued with, with meaning and with, um, with, with a sense of awe. You can't, you can't hold it. You can't bear it all yourself. Kavod, it, it's, it's glory, it's weightiness. And, and the Lord in the Hebrew scriptures is, is full of glory heaviness, weightiness, whereas people and the things of this world are full of vanity. Ecclesiastes says, vanity of vanities, right? Meaningless, meaningless, it's all empty, just a breath. We're looking for those things which give meaning and value and weightiness and importance. We worship what we value. And the world looks at Christians and says, how can you value this, like, mysterious God? How can you value this, this God you says is like outside of time and space? You can't even prove he's real, right? Why is this what you value? You can't touch him. You can't see him. He's invisible. How can that be the ultimate? <laughs> and we might say that's exactly the point as Christians. He stands outside of time and space. And people are looking though for what they can see and taste and touch and, and the things that they can wrap their minds or their hearts maybe even their bodies around. But that's the exact reason that we should be wary of worshiping those things. Psalm 15, 115 lays exactly out why we should be wary of worshiping these things. If you look there, it says, right, all these idols that are made, and now idols in that day were, were like precious metals and jewels that inlaid on you know, maybe things that were in the shape of an animal or in the shape of a human, whatever it was, but these idols were very valuable to the people. And, and what Psalm 115 says, they're made of silver and gold, but they're the work of human hands. They got mouths, but they don't actually speak. They got eyes, but they don't see. And it ultimately, ears don't hear, noses don't smell. It's saying that they don't offer you anything outside of, outside of what you already have. They don't offer value to your life. So we should consider maybe not worshiping those things. All the things of the earth, they're finite. They're limited. We know that they're going to end. They can only get us so far, right? All the technology innovations, they might push off death by a few years and maybe even hasten it in some cases. But, uh, but none of them can get us out of this broken world. Nothing in this broken world can get us outside of this broken world. All the idols, all the valuable things that we could cling to in this world are not going to get us where we need to go. Psalm 115 verse 8, it says it this way, those who make idols become like them, so do all who trust in them. He says it so clearly, we become what we worship. Right? So we worship what we value and we become what we worship. We live out our highest values and our ideals. And if you want to know what you're worshiping, if, if, you don't, if, you, if it didn't come to mind and you thought about what you value, maybe ask yourself, what am I trying to become? What am I pursuing with my whole heart? What am I seeking after? Then you might know what you're worshiping. Is it like to, to have a, a better 
physical body, be better at sports? Is it to know more information, to be better in your career, to have more money, for more people to look at you and to be an Instagram influencer, whatever it is, what are you trying to become? Because that might be the very thing that you're worshiping. But we know (laughs) that all those things are eventually going to break down. Wellness culture, it might be able to tell you the the best microgreens to eat and and, uh, the best exercise for your body type, but it's not going to fix death. Science might come up with a way to stop cancer, but it can't stop death. Knowledge, it's not going to be able to keep brain waves from eventually stopping, and the one with the most toys still dies, right? Psalm 82, uh, it taps into this reality when God says, hey, I have said that you're all gods. And he says right there, you are all gods. You're all sons of the Most High. What he's saying is that uh, even the most glorious of people, right, they can be gods in, in a sense. But then it says this, like mortals, you will die, and like rulers, you will fall. The end of all people, the end of all idols, the end of all things in this earth, second law of thermodynamics, all things are tending toward decay. All things come to an end. We're never going to find something that helps us escape that. And that's exactly what Satan didn't and doesn't understand. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus takes 40 days to go out into the wilderness all by himself, and and Satan comes to test him, to try him, to tempt him, and, and, uh, and he comes and says, hey, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. We know how hungry you are. And Jesus said, hold on, Satan. It's written in the Bible that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. Okay, devil got stumped there. But then, then the devil says, hey, um, takes him up to a high place. And he says, hey, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For, you know, the Bible, in there it's written, God will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You won't get hurt. Just throw yourself down. Have a little fun. Have a party here. Let's do a little joyride. And Jesus says, hey, come on, Satan. You should have read a different portion of scripture. He said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Don't tempt Satan. Don't tempt God. Well, the devil takes him one more place uh, and he takes him to a high mountain. He shows him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. There's that word. All the weightiness of the world Jesus gets to see. And Satan says, hey, you know what? I'll give all this to you if you'll fall down and worship me. If you'll worship me. But Jesus said, hey, be gone from me, Satan. It's written in the Bible. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus, Jesus basically said, well, it's, it's not about food. It's not about testing the Lord. It's about worshiping the Lord. And I want you to think about those three situations, right? He brings, he brings bread before him in the midst of his hunger. hunger and, and basically Jesus said, you know, it's not about bread because bread would have left Jesus to be merely the first Amazon <laughs> distribution center, the, the guy who can make anything he wants but it also would have left him as irrelevant as Sears Robot, which basically did what Amazon did just uh, 100 years earlier. That fun, that joyride, it would have led to Jesus maybe building the first theme park, but it wouldn't have led to, to Jesus leaving a lasting impact on the world. And that power and that earthly glory, it would have led Jesus to being just like Satan himself. It would have led him to being separated from God and removed from the real glory and honor that was Jesus's. 
Jesus said it clearly. It's about worshiping the Lord and serving him only. And, and we worship God because God wants us to be filled by him. God wants us to have eternal life, not life just bound to the, the strictures and limits of this world. Blaise Pascal, a philosopher from hundreds of years ago, he said this, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. He stated it so clearly and so perfectly, a God-shaped vacuum in our hearts, yearning for the, for the fullness that can only come from outside of this created universe given to us by the Creator Himself. That we need to recognize our limits and our weaknesses. We need to recognize that we don't have that much glory. And we need the one who's full of glory. Not to us, Lord, but to your name, we give the glory. And we need to remember that we become what we worship. What is it we want to become? Well, Jesus is who we worship. Jesus is who we worship, and Jesus is the one who overcame death, who conquered all things of this world. And through a relationship with him, through proper worship of Jesus, we too have received a way through death. Well, friends, if, uh, you know, if you have $90 to blow on a Giannis jersey, I think there's still a few left. Uh, go ahead, and you better go quick, though. Um, but 90 years from now, He'll just be another name in the Hall of Fame. You only have one life. Don't blow it on idols. Don't blow it on the, on the things limited to this world. Don't blow it on, on worshiping the wrong kinds of glory. Don't blow it on worshiping and becoming the wrong thing. The Orthodox Church um, they have a saying. They say, God became man so that man can become God. God became man in Jesus so that in Jesus, man can become God. Let's worship the God who's outside of the limits. Let's worship the God who's bigger than anything we could ask or imagine. Let's worship Jesus who's invited us to become like him, to be one with him to be filled by him forever. Thanks for listening to this episode of the FirstMin.Church podcast. Remember that we are an on-demand worship community ready for you whenever and wherever you are. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or head to our website for more ways to connect and serve. All at FirstMin.Church. Thanks and catch you next time.